the gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your butt. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. And I'm Ricard Foyer. And we are talking week six of Australian Survivor, a big week, a big move. We're going to talk The all most devious about it. move of all time. The most devious ever <laughs> in Survivor <laughs> history. Ricard, what did you think of this week? Um, I think it was a good first half and then a mediocre second half and then a what the fuck final moment. <laughs> mm, I see what you're saying. Mm. Yes, because we got a little twist here where it looks like Shay is not leaving the game. She is going to purgatory. So that is interesting. But I think the big highlight from this week was the blind side of Jesse. And in particular, the stealing of Jesse's idol by his closest ally in the game, besides his brother, uh, Sam, when Sam took Jesse's idol and voted him out, which was honestly iconic. I'm nervous about where it leaves Sam and Mark in the game, but mm -hmm. they just survived the next vote. So, I mean, it's looking promising for the moment, but we will see. Was it the most devious move in Survivor history? Um, I think in uh, the Australian franchise, maybe. Which, to be clear, um, we haven't seen all of. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> yeah. why I say maybe. Yeah. From what I've seen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, but it's hard to talk on something that we really don't know about. Uh, I, I'm kind of, I have so much confusion around it, and I know we'll get to it, but I have so much confusion around the logistical rules of Australian Survivor, mm -hmm. because on camera, Jesse said multiple times, this is my idol. And that's a really big piece. It, it's like, if he has not bequeathed, bequeathed, whatever the word is, to her, I don't, I guess maybe they're a little more loosey-goosey over there, but I couldn't just like hold something for someone and not be given to me on camera and it be mine. Um, so that's a little bit of a tricky thing. And... Uh, I'm kind of curious just overall if people believe that she has an idol or not. It's kind of I up know. in the air with this juicy Dave conversation yeah. where he's like, oh, there's a little bit of stuff. And I'm like, wait, oh, there's a question here. Yeah. And I would love some clarity with that. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring up the rule about bequeathing an item or an advantage to another player and how that all works because I have always suspected, I'm trying to think of an example in US, but I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I have always suspected that if you're kind of holding something for someone, you probably can't just come out and play it, but, or maybe you could, but if that person gets voted out and you're holding it, I feel like it just becomes yours. I don't know that, especially just, just for the sake of the, show the tv show i think they're willing to bend that rule a little bit mm -hmm. to say okay now it belongs to you um, even if for example they're sitting in that tribal and jesse wants his idol back but sam wants to say play it for herself or something or play it for somebody else i feel like they'd bend that rule a little bit just for the tv moment yeah yeah and i mean 
it's not that I'm actually leaning one way or the other. It's just I I just really would love to have an understanding mm-hmm. of the small intricate rules because I'm thinking of Sarah Lucina mm-hmm. um, and how it was very specific that it can't be given power to anyone else. So she was able to request it back, kind of. But then even with that, I, I like I've been spending the afternoon thinking. Well, maybe Sari couldn't use it in that mm-hmm. scenario, but does Sari have to give it back yeah. to you? I actually don't think so. I don't think so. So think if like, Sari wanted I, to burn it, she could burn it. Absolutely. And so I've always really thought about like, could Jesse have said, hey, pl- I want my idol to play it or play it for me? I, I just so many little things. I really want to know the rules and out there. It's kind of a shitty situation, but you really don't know what the rules are. Like with the shot yeah. in the dark die, I didn't know the rules. Yeah. We were playing the game and I really didn't understand them. And I felt like there really wasn't clarity. And so it's just so, what are my rights in the game? Yeah. And you think about viewer, when I would love to know. Tiffany was holding Xander's idol mm-hmm. and he was directing her on how to play it. But, you know, I bet she could have just played it however she wanted. She could have. Yes. Yeah. Very similar situation, (laughs) right? Yeah. But he said on camera, this is yours for now and you can give it back to me. Like there's something different there with the fact that he said it's hers. And maybe there's not something different. Maybe it really is like as long as the person hands it to you, then, you know, that's the decision. It's a fine line. Yeah, it's really tricky. It can make for great TV. Look at this week. I thought that that this episode was incredible. I thought. Uh, Let's get into it then. There's sort of a few stray observations I want to make right out the bat in this sort of opening where we're not quite sure the direction that the episode's going to go. First and foremost, I want to say that Survivor Australia has Australian Survivor, Survivor Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny we call it Survivor AU, but it's called Australian Survivor. I really can't yeah. wrap my head around it. But Australian Survivor gets its very own David's Dead moment. <laughs> Of course, the iconic scene from Celebrity Big Brother UK, where Tiffany Pollard believes that a fellow housemate, David Guest, has died. Um, Because we almost get the same comment where they're like, has David (laughs) passed away? And it's literally the same (laughs) setup where it's because like David in Celebrity Big Brother UK was asleep in his bed and nobody could see him and they just thought like it was his body. Um, Very similar. David, uh, Juicy Dave is in a deep slumber here and uh, somebody makes a throwaway <laughs> comment, is David passed away? So just wanted to point it's, that out. I love a parallel, it's whether cute. it's intentional or not. I love, I really appreciate um, Australian Survivor and their camp life scenes. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a little cutesy using um, some ash from the fire mm-hmm. to make for makeup with mm-hmm. Sam and Chrissy. I was just like, this is what... Not only me, this is what the fandom wants in the U.S. Yeah. This is what we want. We want camp life. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And it's so easy to insert. And and also, I think that a scene like that actually illuminates more about the game because in the next episode where there's kind of a will she, won't she with Chrissy or will they, mm-hmm. won't they with Chrissy and Dave and whether they're going to flip, well, A scene like this just demonstrates the relationship that Sam has to Chrissy. And I think it's very easy to lose that if we're just looking at the moves on paper. And this just adds so much texture to the show and the game and our understanding of where everybody is falling because they so clearly get along so well. 
And that bond goes back to the, what were they? They were new blue tribe after the swap. And I think a lot of the bonds on there have really carried through in an interesting way. Um, and, and in some ways, actually, the, the change from the new blue tribe to the merge tribe is like also where Jesse's downfall came. Um, so I, I just think like some of the 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 relationships that started there and then how they changed at the merge or carried on at the merge are still really important. And so it's so great to see these little scenes where we see like, okay, so Sam and Chrissy have maintained a really close relationship and like a playful one that's beyond just we're convenient numbers for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And this scene, it's funny how this scene then carries on to the to what you're talking about with Juicy and Chrissy later on, where I actually had even more confusion of like, why is Chrissy not telling Mark and Sam what's going on? Because I thought they were close because of the makeup scene. Like, it actually makes me question and have even mm. more like of a confusion kind of because I feel like they're even closer than maybe they are. It's it's really complicated. And I, I think it really does add dimension to my watching experience of me questioning what are the relationships really like? I don't know. It's just, it's really fun to watch. It's really yeah, fun. I actually have to wonder whether it was just left out and that Chrissy did tell Sam about the plan against Mark because for whatever reason, and I know we're jumping way ahead of ourselves, Mark does not play his idol. Right. And so yeah, that was a big and Sam is very me. paranoid. Yeah. Which she has not been. So I did wonder that as well. Or maybe it's something along the lines of Chrissy is telling Mark, I have your back. She does yeah. say that in the water, like, I have you. So maybe she doesn't tell them so it doesn't ruffle their feathers too much. But in her mind, she she still has their back. Yeah. I feel like either way, Chrissy is such a loyal person that they didn't have to be worried about her, whether she told them yeah. or not told them. And I think that's mm -hmm. probably why they didn't end up playing any idols, which is great. And I think, yeah, it all stems back to these relationships that have been built. So interesting. Yeah. So what do we have here? Uh, Josh smells a rat. He sees Jordy <laughs> as untrustworthy. After seeing him spill the beans on Mark's idol to various people in the Alliance, this is going to start coming up uh, in the next couple episodes how Jordy's playing hard and people can see him playing hard and you know we saw Jordy tell Sam about Mark's idol before Mark I mean he had a chance but before Mark was ready to tell Sam about his idol and we saw him tell many other people about the idol as well and I think Jordy talks a lot especially in these two episodes about how knowledge is power but he doesn't seem to have the self-restraint to carry that through because he knows that he has power with knowing where these various idols are, particularly Mark and Sam's. And as soon as he says that, it's not three minutes later before he starts <laughs> using that information and just kind of willy-nilly throwing it out and literally telling everybody. So it's like, He's got the right idea, but it's like he hasn't thought two steps ahead about it, which is yeah. interesting. And people are catching yeah. on to it. Everyone's catching on. And we get, I, I don't, honestly, it doesn't matter where this is in the show. Uh, if So if I'm skipping ahead, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But we're also getting 
um, more Sandra throwback comments mm-hmm. through. It's, I think it's going to go all the way to the end. I swear they must in confessionals be bringing up. Well, you know what Sandra said? Yeah. So, just so it's friend of mind, because yeah. Sandra said never tell anybody about Ida. <laughs> it's so cute that we're still getting the legacy of Sandra. Um, you know, this conversation that's going on with the idol. And Josh letting this small group of people, who is it? Chrissy, Josh, Mark, Sam, maybe one of the person? Dave. Dave is in there too, yeah. And uh, saying about the idol in front of Sam and Mm -hmm. Sam not knowing how to react Mm -hmm. and kind of lies, but then tries to backpedal because Mark messes up and Mm -hmm. doesn't read what Sam's doing. It's, It's very clear to me, or it feels clear, maybe it's not, that... They are really complicating each other's games. Right. And Sam has the right idea. Sam should have just been like, what? This is my first hearing of it. And she was trying, but then Mark kind of messed it up for her. And no, no shade to Mark. I don't, I don't really think there was a, a way to really know what to do in that scenario or prepare for that conversation. Um, a little bit weird for Josh to, I, I, I would be a little frustrated with Josh to tell me this in front of so many people. Yeah. To tell Mark and Sam this, to be yeah. clear, in front of more people sharing this idol talk even broadly. I don't know. It was just a very intri- or, um, interesting scene. And seeing Sam not really know what to do. Yeah. because That's just very yeah. new. Because clearly Chrissy and Dave didn't know about the idol. At least it yes. seems to me, especially Chrissy did not know. Chrissy seemed kind of shocked and even said to Sam, wait, are, are you finding out right now? And I think that's because uh-huh. of how Sam tried to play it off. And then I think it just got like a little confused. And then they kind of came clean like, no, no, no. I, like he told me after, but but I found out from Jordy before. And so it's like- A little messy. For Chrissy and Dave, it would be a red flag for me that I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. now I'm finding out about it in a weird way when I'm supposed to be this person's close ally. But- I don't know. They managed to get through it. So, uh, yeah, it was a funny scene with Chrissy. (laughs) (laughs) Chrissy's little confusion about what was going on. But rightfully so. It wasn't just like Chrissy being unaware. It's that was very. I I would not know how to handle that moment. It's new information being shared in a matter of fact way as if everybody knows it. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. So, Sam isn't sure about. Josh sort of pitching this group of Sam, Chrissy, Dave, and Mark going to the top because her closest ally in the game, other than Mark, is Jesse, and she doesn't really want to be told what to do in terms of voting Jordy out because that's Josh's goal here. He wants to get Jordy out because he's blabbing about the idol, and he he just feels, I think, that he's not trustworthy with information. And Sam has been struggling with this since the merge, that the majority alliance is the committee, as they're calling themselves, is telling her what <laughs> to do, and she's tired of men telling her what to do, which, yeah. amen, sister. Uh, so. <laughs> So she's not so sure. And she's got this great ally in Jesse. And she's like, you know, I don't want to just target my closest ally in the game's brother because Josh is uncomfortable that he can't share information with Jordy. So she's kind of like weighing the pros and cons of targeting Jordy versus Josh. And I don't know if there's a right choice here because 
I really like the idea of Sam and Jordy and Jesse working together because I think that of anybody in the committee alliance, Jordy is probably the most equally matched to Sam and Mark in terms of the strategy. I think there's mm-hmm. there's a very small select group of contestants this season who have next level strategy. And I think that Jordy has shown us that he is one of those people. I think Jordy, Jesse, Sam, and Mark have the potential had the potential to run this game. But it's also like because they're such equals, maybe they can't. There's not room for all of them. You know? Yeah, I I kind of feel like there is a right call. Oh, it's so complicated. There's a right call on who to go with between the cousins and the brothers. I think it's way more beneficial for Sam and Mark to go with the cousins because although they're playing hard, they, how do I say this? They're naive enough to the game, it seems, that Sam and Mark could outwit them. And Mm -hmm. that's risky with the brothers. But I think there's a way better call to go with Jesse and just convince Jesse to take out Jordy in the future. And I feel like Sam was kind of on the fence about, or she left the door open for that to be a possibility because she even says, I want to talk to Jesse and get a feel for how things are going. And it's so clear. And it made me sad seeing Jesse say, we're final four. We can make this happen. He's so close-minded to taking out his brother at this point. Mm And he's not being truthful enough with Sam to let her know that his brother is, you know, on the fence with them. And I feel like that was her last that was her last time giving him an opportunity to kind of fess up in some small way. Maybe not share everything. She doesn't he's not gonna throw his brother completely under the bus, but he did not take advantage of that opportunity. And it's pretty sad to see Jesse's game completely tank. To really no fault of his own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's sad. Yeah, it is. Okay, let's go to the reward challenge before we get too deep into that. Because we're playing for a trip to the KFC Billabong Lounge. Finger licking (laughs) good. They're playing a really fun challenge, in my opinion. Because they're playing in pairs to stack a series of blocks on a wobbly platform. And it's... What I like about it is that it's not a puzzle. There's multiple ways to complete it. It's really just like however you can, you can complete it. And it just is like a really fun twist on, you know, US Survivor, I think, has become almost too puzzle heavy as like a great equalizer that doesn't favor, say, men over women or, um, you know, like certain body types or anything like that. Uh, But it's like they get a little stale. So this is like a fun challenge that I think the audience can envision themselves doing. It's like easy, but hard. And I really, really liked watching it. Of course, Chrissy and Jordy end up winning. Interesting pair. And they get to pick (laughs) three people to join them. And they take Jesse, Mark, and Josh. Now, Ricard, do you have a problem with the KFC? I I just think it's, disgusting um i mean i love kfc but for that to be my first meal in a long time that sounds absolutely awful it kind of makes me gag thinking about it however 
Australian Survivor has quite a few opportunities for meals. So this is not really their first meal in weeks. This is like their first meal in three days. And they're still eating (laughs) daily. So (laughs) I guess maybe it's not as awful as I'm thinking about it being. But oh, God, that just grease. It biscuits. It just sounds really not good. (laughs) I think there might have been a missed opportunity here to have Kate serving up the KFC. Because remember when Kate was voted out, she said I'm going to KFC. I know. It was very cute. I, I kind of thought I thought about that earlier, how funny that little throwaway the comment was with the connection to this. In addition to um at some point later on, Jonathan asks Jordy, do you feel like you're in hell or heaven or purgatory? Um, purgatory. Yeah. And I I thought that was such a cute little thing to throw out there in yeah. an episode where Sorry, not to get ahead. I but know, I, I, I know. love the little the little things that you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the KFC one's on purpose because KFC is a sponsor of the show. Yeah. So yeah, I feel yeah, like totally. Kate knew what she was doing there. I'm sure she wanted some KFC, but she knew to get a little airtime with a cute <laughs> little exit comment like yeah. that. But I'll tell you who is loving the KFC. Chrissy, who feels like a pig in mud at the reward. <laughs> <laughs> so cute to see her excitement and just like, genuine joy coming from her yeah uh i really loved at this reward seeing chrissy just unabashedly looking for a clue everybody's trying to be like very slick of course jordy finds this clue in a towel on one of the lounge chairs but in the meantime chrissy just goes goes at the platter looking through the chicken (laughs) she's the only one doing it until like people sort of catch on to her and start to search themselves um but i thought it was so funny i love seeing chrissy go full tilt in the game and trying to find these clues and advantages because it's cute she shows she has so many different facets to her personality because before that point, she's laying on a hammock or something and she does this like, God, I wish all yeah. the listeners could see this thing with her fingers of like, watch Jordy, watch Jesse. Mm-hmm. Very stealth, very much like keep an eye out. We need to make sure they don't get anything. And then somebody asked what she's doing and she's like, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, so many different sides to her within a 30 second time frame. Yeah. I, she is such a joy to watch this season. Such a joy. I, oh, another funny thing being uh, that she said, whoever finds it, we're going to rock, paper, scissors for it. <laughs> there was a little throwaway <laughs> comment of hers. And I was just like, Chrissy, what are you doing? Nice try. <laughs> uh, also, what was funny at this reward was that, as I said, Jordy did find the clue and then literally had to conceal it in Jesse's ass. Yes. <laughs> it yes. was very similar to when Chrissy found that clue at the hot dog stand and had uh-huh. to like pass it to Croc through her shorts. So, yeah, very uh a lot of ingenuity in the <laughs> in the hiding and passing of clues at reward challenges. I have to appreciate it. I honestly thought Chrissy caught Jesse trying to readjust cuz he was like I can't keep oh, yeah. it back there, it's too obvious, so he like shoves it in his crotch. And Chrissy's looking at him, but I guess yeah. she just thought he was readjusting. To me, I was actually kind of confused about why he was even putting it in Jesse's shorts. Because I was like, the amount of effort you all are yeah. doing, you could have just put in your own damn shorts. Yeah. I was a li- I was just a little confused. But, and um, such a risk to, so as he said, you know, like, that, that he doesn't go, oh, what are you doing? Or like, oh, don't touch me. 
Um, yes. But Jesse kept his cool. If only he could have done that when he found the idol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the KFC crew returns from reward and Sam notices that Jesse and Jordy are acting funny. So she's, I think, picked up on the fact that they might have found a clue at the reward and she's going to start trailing them. And in fact, she and Mark actually sit Jordy down and basically ask him uh, if they found a clue. And Jordy says, no, we get this great moment from Mark where he talks about how he's been trained mm-hmm. to read body language and tell when people are lying and he's not trusting Jordy. And Sam can also tell that something in the milk ain't clean because Jordy's just, <laughs> his answers aren't making sense. And as soon as he goes away, he's searching around for stuff. So they are very much on to Jordy and Jesse. Something in his milk ain't clean. What Not in the Canadian milk, Something hell? in the milk ain't clean. <laughs> you Canadians. That's not a Canadian phrase. That is then what a, the hell is global, it? I'm speaking the international <laughs> language of mystery. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to the immunity challenge where the players are bouncing a ball on a platform using a complicated contraption that I'm not going to try to describe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that there's anything to say about this except that it comes down to Mark and Jordy, and in the end, Jordy wins. And that is a shame for kind of the committee alliance who had wanted to get Jordy out. Yeah. I love the contraption, the little mechanism. It reminds me of one of my favorite um, challenges from US Survivor. And I honestly, I don't know why this is one of my favorites, but the snake. Uh, they use the same mechanism with the ball mm. to get the ball up to the top of a snake and through a hole. It's like a maze kind yeah. of thing. Like in so that you're that, holding two strings and you're perched on. And balancing yeah. the ball by pulling on either side, but just then also making it an endurance thing. I'm yeah. just like, they all, they make everything harder and more endurance while it's also being complicated. I just really, really appreciate all their challenges. Yeah, Totally. Okay, let's go back to camp where the strategy is going on. Jordy and Jesse are pitching Shay to Josh and Jordan, but they're only doing it to misdirect because they really want Josh out, right? So Jesse and Jordy talk to Sam, Mark, Michelle, and KJ about striking at Josh, and Mark manages to somehow be present for all of these individual conversations, because Jesse and Jordy are going around and pulling one person at a time, essentially, one or two people at a time. And I thought it was really notable that throughout all the conversations, Mark is just kind of there. And (laughs) I don't know how, but he is. And so he's able to like kind of gauge everybody's reaction to this and kind of like it's a great way to just figure out where people are and if he has this magical ability to tell when people are lying it's like not a bad thing to be a part of as many conversations as you can be so that was a little uh, under the radar thing i picked up on yeah especially because after sort of all these conversations are happening mark says that he doesn't trust jesse and jordy And so he's going to go to Josh and he goes to Josh and he tells him basically that there's a plan circulating around camp about Josh. And it's kind of like doing that thing that I love where you give someone information in order for them to make the decision that you 
you want to make, right? So it's that thing that like yeah. Nina did to Mark very early on that I really liked in getting um, Andy out <laughs> uh, is yes. that he's basically going, look, Josh, I think like Jesse and Jordy are kind of coming up with this plan. And so the immediate response from Josh is that, okay, well, we're going to get Jordy, we're going to hit at Jordy and Jesse. And because Jordy has immunity, the target's Jesse, easy. Um, I think the phrase that he uses is, Jordy has survivor balls of steel. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's a bit of a shame here because it's like, Jesse, Jesse's being implicated in his brother's balls of steel. Basically, yeah. <laughs> because Jesse's not the one that is ruffling feathers. It's really, It really is Jordy. And so... I feel really bad that Jesse ends up being the target here because I don't think he deserves it. And I think that he really had the social game to kind of like outmaneuver his brother in a way or use yeah, his brother really, as a shield. really, really did. And he just didn't get the opportunity, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, so, of yeah. course, we see Josh kind of like put this plan into action. He goes and like gathers up the numbers we see a great conversation between Mark and Sam where they have a talk about this vote. Do, do we want to go Josh or do we want to go Jesse? Love to see them sort of in the middle as the swing because mm -hmm. they're just like, I don't know how they do it. That they should be the target every week. They really should. Yes. And I don't know how they're managing not to be and to not only not be the target, but to be the deciding votes. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, we get play. a little bit of... We get something that was kind of, it seems, left out of the edit here. And maybe I'm reading too much into this, but we get Mark saying that they need to get rid of Jordy slash Jesse um, because Josh had the opportunity or there was something in the water that made it that Mark was a target for the last three weeks, but they chose to keep him safe and they chose to keep him yeah. in the game. Do you yeah. remember that little comment? Yeah. And I was like, oh, was Mark in more risk than we're seeing in the edit at any point here? It, I don't know. It was just like one line that he said to Sam, like, oh, he could have taken me out, but Josh kept me safe. Josh kept me in the game. He, you know, clearly Josh did something to get or gain trust from Mark, which good job, Josh. I, you Maybe you have a lot more going on than the viewers are seeing, but whatever that was about, it, it really kind of solidified which set of um, family members they were going to be sticking with. So I, I would be curious to know what what that was about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, I could easily see Mark being a potential target for the last couple of weeks, certainly since the merge with all this talk about his idol floating around camp. It would be only natural to have him in the discussion of like who might be going home. But for yeah, whatever but we're not we, seeing it much. Yeah, so I'm just curious. To avoid it. Yeah. Um, I, now, can you clear something up for me? Um, at one point, somebody says, you know, Jordy and Jesse are way too calm. What, it, what, what do they think the plan is? Obviously, they want to go for Josh. But what is the consensus of what Josh thinks Jordy and Jesse's plan is? Is it to get KJ? Well, no, because Jordy and Jesse pitched that they are going to vote for Shay. Shay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, miss, I missed that, I guess. Yeah. So I assume right. that that's what they think the plan is. Um, okay. 
So <laughs> this George, reminds me of friends. They don't know what we know that they know we know yeah, they know. Exactly. <laughs> Just like Jesus. <laughs> uh, Jordy and Jesse are sensing that the vibe is off and that they need to go idol hunting with the clue that they found at the KFC lounge. And of course, we see Jesse find the idol. And this entire sequence of, of events is just top tier survivor because we see Jesse reading the terms and conditions that come with the idol and very <laughs> standard scene. And it's always felt to me like when a player finds the idol and is reading out the rules of using it, it always has felt to me like that is an untouchable moment for them. Like that somehow production protects them in a way that like you can't come in this area in a way that's similar to say uh, a confessional, like that you can't just go wander into someone's confessional because we so rarely, I can't think of a moment. I might be wrong where someone walks in on someone reading the, the terms and conditions. I know people catch people finding idols and stuff, but like to be like post finding the idol and then just going through the items. Cause usually people would just stuff it away, run away and then read the item, read the, the rules in a confessional or something like find some private time to open it up, but not open it up right there. Unless you feel super safe. Obviously Jesse felt safe enough to open it up and read it. But he wasn't. He was not. The only thing I can think of, which I I can't remember. I don't think she was actually reading the terms. Um, Daisy, she found her idol. And then she was like about to open (laughs) it. And then everybody comes to the well. And she's like, so awkward. I'm taking off my bra. I'm not. (laughs) I think she was in the midst of trying to hide it. She she was. Yeah. yeah, Because she. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was so awkward. I don't think she was reading the rules, but she was figuring out how she's going to conceal it. And boy, did that go wrong. But yeah, you can definitely see in American Survivor, there really is this moment of, even if they're in the same space, they cut the moment from when they find it to when they're reading it, because clearly that Survivor castaway looks around to see if there's another mm-hmm. crew. Because it's it's very easy to know that nobody else is around. You won't see another camera crew. Mm-hmm. The camera crew, they're not hiding. They're not going to do anything special to let you sneak up. And so for Jesse to just dive right into the package... And there's no cut. We just see him. I found it open. That is purely a Jesse misstep. Mm. It really, really is. Because there is no camera crew that I know of in other franchises um, or other seasons that they protect you. You need to do the work to make sure you're alone. You solely. Yeah. <laughs> and he did not. So good. And then Sam just going, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Sam walks in on Jesse, and it's just really perfect timing. And I have to hand it to her for just trailing him in the way that she did. And I assume that Mark was out there trailing Jordy, and it really paid off here because because Sam's like, great, oh, great, you found an idol. And I think in this moment, she was being genuine. I think she genuinely was like, okay, my my ally has an idol. Um, Because if she wasn't, she is... Maybe the best ruthless player ever because this whole scene that follows of Sam helping to workshop how to hide the idol as they have to head back into camp is just so good where Jesse has put it into his crotch and Sam's like, no, 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 readjust, readjust. Okay, put your shirt down. No, I can still see it. I could. She could not see that idol. I couldn't see it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I couldn't see it. If she, she knew what she was doing from the yeah, beginning. I girl. don't know for sure because like we're not there. Like it's there's a potential that when he's moving, you could definitely it's a huge idol. Like it's a big circular thing, so you might notice it. But I didn't notice it, especially with the shirt down. And so it's just like the the casualness of how she's able to be like, I can see it. Wait, wait, let me try putting it in my sarong. Uh, and and no one's going to be it. looking at me. Yeah. Just masterful. Whether it was intentional it was or not, I don't know. But no, it felt it intentional. I feel like we get confirmation that it was intentional right afterwards because she sees his brother walking up and she specifically says, don't tell him right now. Which yes. I would love to know what is her reasoning for convincing him not to tell his brother. Yeah. Because I can't think of anything. I like for Jesse not to tell his brother is a very I'm this entire thing I really wish I was in production for this moment to know was this right before tribal? Were they about to go on lockdown? Uh lockdown being right before you travel to tribal, you can't speak while the camera people are leaving your island to go to tribal and get set up. Um how is it that he did not immediately ask her to put the idol in his bag? Like, how is this yeah. happening? And I would love to know, like, the small logistics, because, fuck no, if that was my idol, the second we get to get back to camp, I'm whispering, okay, yeah. just put it in my bag. Yeah. What? Yeah. She clearly had to take out of her damn sarong to put it in her bag, so <laughs> I know. I don't know if it was Jesse's naivety or what. Like, that's what I think it was. And that he felt so comfortable with Sam, that he had such a close relationship with Sam that it kind of wasn't a problem. And we did get this confessional from him where he said he was feeling good about the idol and that he doesn't need it tonight and that Sam's going to hold it. But he's fine with that because he knows if he's in trouble, she'll give it to him. See, that's even more of a reason for me to be confused because that means there was time between the idol find yeah. and tribal for fucking confessional. For an entire confession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like, you know, I, I, I mean, there's certainly moments where like I couldn't see Jesse being a confrontational person. Do you know what I mean? And there have been moments for him in the pre-merge where he could have been confrontational. You know, when, was it Croc was targeting Jesse, wasn't he? Yeah. And so Jesse got that information. You know, he didn't turn around and become confrontational. He may just not be a confrontational person. And to say, hey, give me that thing back is a little bit of a confrontation, especially right before a tribal where... I mean, he didn't feel on the chopping block, but he probably should have suspected something might have been up. And so Mm -hmm. maybe just best to lay low and collect the idol from her the next day. But I guess I'm curious if there's even more Sam amazing gameplay going on of like just these small things of, Mm -hmm. oh, you know what? Keep it in my bag in case people are like, prove you don't have an idol. And so it's not in his bag. Something like that. Something very uh, Adam Klein, where they had to dump their bags at one tribal council. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't see why we're doing this, but he clearly had one and he had to pretend he didn't. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just curious if there was a even more Sam gameplay here to really solidify it being in her bag at tribal. Yeah. Good job, Sam. You fucking kicked ass. (laughs) I also wonder, because we saw right before Jesse found the idol, Sam was wondering to herself in a confessional, like, is 
is it the right move for me right now to vote out Jesse, my closest ally? Where is that going to leave me in the game? I almost wonder whether being in possession of Jesse's idol tipped the scales on mm-hmm. her decision and that suddenly she was sort of thinking, okay, if I know that all it takes is me and Mark to vote for Jesse, he could go home. I have an idol. Mark has an idol. I could potentially get away with nobody knowing that I have this idol and we are in a great position after this. Uh, So I wonder how much that played into her decision to vote Jesse out. She was vicious. And I mean that in the best (laughs) way. When she wrote down at tribal Jesse's name and just says, thanks for the idol. No emotion. (laughs) I was like, woo. (laughs) <laughs> I have to say that was a, that was an interesting editing choice because of course in Jesse's final words they played Sam's entire voting confessional which was much more yeah. conciliatory and like saying oh even my closest ally and da 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 and da 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 and thank you for the idol mm-hmm. um, but the way that they edited it in the main show <laughs> was Ooh. brutal yes yeah. it was now who yeah. why is KJ getting votes can someone explain I why know. KJ keeps getting votes. Is it jo- I think travel. it's Josh voting for her. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, it's honestly making me question my, you know, like, expertise in watching Survivor. Because I'm like, what am I missing here? Why am I confused on KJ getting votes? Because it just isn't adding up to me. And I keep questioning myself. Am I confused? And this makes sense. But I can't <laughs> Yeah, Every I see time. no benefit. I see no benefit at all. And I was actually worried in the next episode that it was going to screw up the vote and that like Mark was going to go home as a result or something. Mm-hmm. Like, why and are we not making, voting together? Uh, to me, I think whoever's doing it, especially if they are part of, I don't even know who the hell's the committee, if the committee's a thing anymore because it's rotating all the damn time. Whoever that big alliance consists of now if it's one of them writing KJ, I think this is making your path forward even harder because you could, in some world, convince KJ to go your way. And if there's a vote on you every damn tribal, you're always going to realize you're at the bottom, you're expendable, you're mm-hmm. not worthy of being in this alliance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's bullshit and really poor gameplay for KJ to get a vote. Absolutely. Make her feel confident. She's by herself. She doesn't have a partner. Make her feel valuable. Oh, yeah. I don't see any benefit in voting for KJ. I'm not sure that I'm like, maybe I'm missing something, but it's Josh who the last two times has voted for KJ, who is in the majority alliance, however you slice it. And I just don't understand. Don't understand. I would love to know. Uh, One other thing before we move on to episode 16 is I want to comment on the music that they were using during tribal council. I mean, it was abundantly clear that Jesse was going to go home and that Sam was going to keep his idol because the music they used was absolutely spooky, dookie, eerie, horror movie music. (laughs) And like, I have to respect it. I mean, this show, they go all out. It's camp. And um, <laughs> it's camp. <laughs> it's camp. I, I, I do love it because I do. I just love when tribal council, when we mark a unique and and momentous tribal council with 
special cues that show you this is different. Like, for example, when Shan was voted out in your season, we got special music on that tribal council. I and I think it does make a difference. It really tells you this is a special episode for this season. It's a game-changing move, and things are going to be different moving forward. We're going to see Sam Gash as a different kind of player, the kind of player I personally love but i know that she's gotten a hell of a lot of hate online um i think a lot of it has to do with misogyny and sexism as she's pointed out and uh if, if we look at this objectively i think we can say that anybody in u.s survivor would be called an iconic player for making this kind of a move uh you look at like and and it doesn't it's not even down the line of sexes because like Parvati, uh, Parvati using JT's idol to vote him out in Heroes versus Villains, for example. Or, um, I mean, like Natalie Bolton, right? Taking the idol from Eric in Micronesia. It's like the, these women are celebrated so highly. And I'm sure that there is a segment of the population of like psychotic losers who are, <laughs> who would have, I mean, social media was a, a much younger, especially in fans versus favorites um, that I don't know what kind of backlash they would have gotten or, or could have even been possible back then. But I'm sure that there would have been people, um, you know, that survivor has a, a faction of very toxic fans. And so oh, it's, yeah. it's not a surprise, but I think just objectively have, speaking, this is an iconic move. Yes. And I have no, I have no doubt there's a lot of misogyny in a lot of the responses to Sam, I will say with any move and I I forget who told me this, but um, when you take someone out of the game, you to someone somewhere are voting out the reason they're watching this show, their favorite, their fave, Mm -hmm. the one they were rooting for. And this amount of hair, this type of hate the name calling, the death threats and whatnot, it is very common for any kind of move. Like when I had Shan's vote, I'm using air quotes, when I had Shan's vote, death threats, vicious, awful messages. When, you know, Xander didn't play his idol for me, vicious, blah, blah, blah. When I didn't vote for Xander, vicious. Any move you make Mm. that is a big move, you are going to get this kind of trolling and hate and whatnot, and it's so obnoxious. I was reading some of Sam's uh, screenshots today, and I was like, Jesus, this is wild. And I always find it interesting. Most of the accounts that are going to say this shit to you, they have no posts on them. It's just an account they made for trolling. They're Mm -hmm. ridiculous, and they're just going to say hateful things. But I love when somebody uses their real account their personal one that they've been posting on for years. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're just going to ruin that account today. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. But all that to say, leave Sam the fuck alone. She was absolutely iconic. This is an amazing scene, whether you're rooting for her or not. Groundbreaking, amazing TV. And she pulled it off unbelievably well. I give her all the props. Um, Now to pivot from such an amazing move to then, ooh, how should we have navigated this very last moment with Jesse, where Jesse is asking her, should we burn you right now? I think she could have done a little bit better to make him feel really at ease before he gave his final hug to Jordy. Mm. Because she told him the truth 
and then said, what's that phrase that she said to him? Your brother's telling porky Porky pies. Porky pies. I don't know. I was just like, oh, please end on good terms so that he doesn't throw you under the bus to Jordy, which he immediately Yeah, (laughs) I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Could have been handled a little better. Wow, that moment is like, Everything else I've described as, you know, great Survivor TV experience and iconic moves and all of that. The thing that sent this episode over the edge for me into the stratosphere was Jesse's exit. Because the second he goes up to Sam and says, you know, did did you know about this? And she says, I did. Like, I found it like stomach turning. Like, mm-hmm. like my stomach dropped physically, like I could feel my stomach a wrench in it, you know, um, it was just like absolutely gutting because I thought that Jesse was such a super fan of Survivor that I thought he would be like, wow, that was cool. Like, good job. Well done. Can't wait to watch from the sidelines. But he was hurt. He was deeply hurt. And that's what makes Survivor so interesting is the personal relationships, the betrayal. Only one person can win. And when you cut your number two ally, I guess, it's like there are human emotions involved in that. And he wasn't ready at that moment. I think he comes around to it based on um, some of the uh, uh, post elimination materials i've seen online you know there's like a video of him in the car right after getting voted out i think that he's able to get over it and like you know could bring himself to vote for sam in the end if she's able to get there but in that moment he is not well and i just felt like that was like a a punch to the gut yeah you know i i've i wish i could remember why i think this or where i heard this but your goal or just like the culture around the Australian players is very much to never come off as pissed off or bitter Mm. or sore loser. Mm -hmm. It's very much like you give somebody a pat on their back. You leave with a smile, even if it's hurting. I, I think back to Luke being voted out, how hard that was. And he left with a big smile on his face, trying to hold back his tears Um, And that's in his second go around of playing. And, you know, this was the first moment where an Australian player that I have seen or can remember kind of left that thinking and was just showing I'm mad. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to blow up your game right now? Do you want me to ruin you right now? Because I'm not going to give you a pat on the back. And it was very much against what I envision the culture to be like. And I was like, whoo. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we saw glimmers of this with Sophie, to be honest. Well, I mean, Sophie's a, <laughs> <laughs> a different story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even then, she was like holding her sister's hand. She tried to like end on not just cussing out everybody. You know, she was like, it's fine. It's fine. She was saying it to her sister, consoling her. I don't know. This was just a little different. It was just a little different. I'm not judging him at all. I mean, I love a pissed off survivor player leaving tribal and being furious. I, I'm all about that because I'm American. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it did catch me a little bit off guard. It did. Totally. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Let's move on to episode 16. 
After the blind side, Sam and Mark go to Jordy and they tell him that they want to work with him and they can use the idol as a secret three person <laughs> idol. Uh, Sam. I'm sorry, but this scene not is a necessarily flop. ready to <laughs> hand it over to Jordy like Jesse asked him asked her to. Uh, but this is the next best step. I don't know. I mean, like, I get it. It was right after tribal. Things are heated. I think Jordy's quite riled up, and Sam's probably quite shaken by the fact that Jesse told Jordy about it and the whole exit. But I don't know. This is not it. This is not it. I don't even I don't even understand how we can even pretend this pitch is even a pretend plan because then what the fuck was the point of getting out Jesse if you're now saying you were trying to you're willing to keep Jordy safe. What yeah. was the reason for getting out Jesse if it wasn't to weaken you? <laughs> like there's there's not really any rational reason reasoning for this to even be a pretend plan. Sorry, Sam, but it just was not it. But, you know, she tried her best. Um, Jordy, is it me or does Jordy look drunk when he gets back to tribal? He looks like absolutely back to camp from tribal. Yeah, sorry. Um, Right when he gets back to camp, he's like, wow, what a I think he's bewildered. He's like out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. It like got him. Yeah. Shook him. I've gotten a lot of comments this week. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of comments this week on Instagram from people uh, saying, wait, I just realized Jordy is hot. <laughs> really? <laughs> like kind of out of the blue. I was kind of surprised. But also, yeah, Jordy's always been cute. Remember when he had his little oh. butt in the in the water doing that? Uh, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Look, he's uh, no Mark. I but. thought that was Jesse with his butt up, but all right. No, that was Jordy. Because Nina was watching. They were on the same tribe. Oh, the, I'm thinking of the second time just like two oh. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of butts in this. Apparently show. it's a family trait. Yeah. <laughs> the next morning, the game is hitting Jordy hard. He recognizes that if the previous day he didn't have immunity, he would have been the one sent home and that Jesse was only sent home kind of like as collateral just to hit him. And the other interesting thing here that happens is that he went from being a couple with Jesse to being a single in the game. And we're finally starting to see some stuff come up about the people who have a partner left in the game versus those who don't. And Jordy starts having these interesting conversations with especially Shay, uh, but also Michelle about how the singles need to rise up and start targeting the couple of couples that are left in the game because if they don't, they're just going to start getting picked off by this majority alliance, which has four people in it who are part of couples. So that was really interesting. And I do think that, like I said before, Jordy is the one outside of Sam and Mark playing the highest level game, I think, because to like rally up the singles at least express this, even if they don't go along with it, I think it's probably the best move he could make. And it's a great argument. Yeah, I mean, what a shift and so quick. And honestly, if I was in any of the other singles shoes other than Jordy, and I actually feel like we get a little bit of this, maybe I'm reading too much into it, I would be annoyed with Jordy. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, yes, this is what we need to do. I know we need to do this. The singles should pan together. But I would be like, listen, ho, 
up until yesterday, you were one of the duos running mm-hmm. this shit. Now, the second you're a single, you're like, oh, my God, they're going to come for us. It's like, yeah. And we actually get this moment from Juicy where he says, yeah, you know, now you know how I felt weeks mm-hmm. and weeks ago when Bree left. It was almost like a little bit, shut the hell up, Jordy. You're brand new to this. Yesterday, you were against me. Yesterday, you were powerful. Now, you're powerless, and you're asking for my help? Where, where have you been? I've never been officially part of the committee. I've never been officially with you. And now, now you care about us. Now you care about Shay. Now you care about KJ. It comes off as very inauthentic when up until this point, you have felt so powerful. And I would be, I just, I wouldn't be so quick to um, bring Jordy into the fold. I would have to do it. I feel like that's what all the individual players without a loved one out there need to do to really thrive or make it further. But I don't know. I just think it was lacking a little bit of awareness of how intense he was at going for all these people that he's been locked in with mm-hmm. and dominating the game with. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 100%. I would just be a little like, yeah. eh, whatever. I do wonder with all this talk this episode about the singles versus the couples and with only, there's only two couples left in the game, correct? The cousins yeah. and Sam and Mark. I have to wonder if I'm Josh and Jordan or Sam and Mark, at what point do I see having a partner in the game as a liability? Now. Yeah. (laughs) Right now. And this is a hot take. But honestly, I would be at the point of talking to my loved one and being, which of us has the better chance? Yeah. And taking one for the team by like, honestly, what I think the best thing for, I'll use Sam as an example. The best thing for Sam, possibly, is to ask Mark for his idol and hope, you know, go as far as they can. But hope that Mark is taken out and you have two idols and you get two steps further. And now you've made it three steps further by letting Mark go. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that is the path forward. Because yeah. this is just going to get messy and difficult, and you're going to be part public enemy number one, and you're not going to know which way to go. I don't know. It's tricky. I think now. It's tricky. Of course, you never want to voluntarily leave the game if you can help it. But yeah. the longer you stay in as a couple, your target gets bigger and bigger. But does that target diminish the second one of you goes home? But if you're also holding on to these idols, then you want to make sure that you manage those so that as a pair one of you can get the farthest as possible in the game. Is it going to benefit Sam and Mark to both individually play their idols and each save themselves for one round? Or is it better for one of them to continue on holding two idols? I don't know. It's risky. It's very risky. I honestly think Sam should hold on to Mark's idol, especially with Mark being more in chats. Even if you're trying to stay together as long as possible, maybe you are in your head thinking that you can make it to final two, final three together. But um, I don't know. I I think there is something to be said about the fact that right when Sophie left, KJ, although she's getting these random ass votes, she's for the most part safe. Mm-hmm. Shay has been safe half the time. And if Shay wasn't such a damn beast, the second Ben left, she should have toned it the hell down and she could be in a way better position, mm-hmm. but she just can't help but be amazing. And no shade to her. Like, no disrespect to her, but she should have just toned it the hell down. And 
Mel, she was a threat last week. But now that Michelle's gone, she's not really, or uh, vice versa. Michelle was a threat, but now that Mel's gone, she's not even really being talked about. Yeah, I think there is a world where if Sam calms down a little bit, because apparently she was uh, more paranoid. I didn't really see it, but that's what everybody was saying. That's what Chrissy was saying and Mark was saying. I don't know. There is a possibility of once your loved one goes, the target can now be on the cousins. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go to the immunity challenge. They're doing another twist on a classic, perching themselves on footholds sort of within a frame, but this time also while hanging onto ropes above their heads. So a little bit torture device-ish. They do love that, but not their worst. It's not their worst one. (laughs) Shay says to KJ during the challenge that she feels like it's them and Jordy in the bottom um what else jlp asked chrissy how she's holding up and she says not today (laughs) she's taking a break (laughs) from flirting with jonathan today and if anybody has not seen the little clip package that survivor au has put together uh, i think it's on chrissy's instagram page if you want to find it of chrissy gushing over jlp and having a (coughs) and having a huge crush on him it is incredibly relatable content that we did not see in the show and i love it chrissy is so iconic so cute such a fun i love their advertising i i'm like really on the fence with au's advertising because half the time they're way too spoilery and they Uh drive me fucking nuts i'm like stop spoiling the episode i would have been a lot more excited watching this episode of Sam taking out Jesse, if I didn't know there was going to be a massive twist. The fact that there is so much talk about it, we're like, well, I can't, now I know to look out for something. Mm -hmm. It's a little frustrating. But then we get stuff like this, where it's just cute and fun, and we're getting all this candid uh, film, or all this candid video that we haven't seen in the Mm -hmm. episodes, and it's really, really fun to watch. And we get to hear Chrissy say that Jonathan is her hall pass, so it's fine with her husband. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan is my hall pass, too. Okay. (laughs) It comes down to Jordy versus Shay, and Shay ends up stepping down. As she's stepping down, she passes out for like a split second. The doctor's on duty again, but she's okay. And Jordy wins individual immunity when he needed it the most. Yes. And we get a little quote from him. Honestly, it's like straight out of a movie. I'm not going to hold this against Jordy, but he makes this quote of Joker's going to have the last laugh. Let's have some fun. And it's very like <laughs> Batman. And 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 I'm like, I, I can't stand when people have sticks out there, like anthems, you know, weird mm-hmm. shit like that. But... <laughs> I will say, you don't like the the Shantham? (laughs) Shut up. My daughter was humming that shit for weeks. (laughs) But I will say, it's probably not your fault. The producers are probably saying to you over and over again, like, oh, are you a joker? And it's really, they put stuff in the forefront of your mind. They're not influencing you, but they're making you feel empowered with this persona. And we have Janine from season four or season six, however you look at it. Talking about being the godmother. We have Harry, who's like dirty Harry. So you kind of get in this thing. And Jordy's right now is being the Joker. And he loves havoc. And he loves chaos. He thrives in it. 
And it's just, I can't stand these quotes. But it's kind of a fun th- way that he ended um, this immunity win by winning and saying it. Yeah. But it still annoys me. <laughs> yeah. I think you also have the Golden God, which is something neither of us have actually seen, but I've heard so much about that. <laughs> if you know, you know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the the Godmother was a name given to her by Harry, wasn't it? Yes. But then, yes, of course. And even, like, wasn't Pia the silent assassin? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves a nickname. I think, I don't think you're on Australian Survivor until you have the, I mean, George was the cockroach of Bankstown. <laughs> I mean, he was the king of Bankstown, but then he got nicknamed the cockroach of Bankstown because they could never get rid of him. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it. I kind of like it. <laughs> I like it, but the fact that it pops up so frequently, it, it just shows me that they want them to say it a little bit. It's probably being brought of up course, to them more, they love more than drop the four, keep the one. You know, like they'll yeah. bring it up over and over and over again. Yeah, they love it. <sighs> Anywho. It's easy marketing for them. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go back to camp where the strategy is going on pre-tribal. So Sam is concerned about the number of singles left in the game. This sort of like idea that Jordy had about the singles rising up against the couples. Sam is kind of onto the same track of thinking and she wants to take a single out so that they can't start ganging up uh, with each other and taking out the couples so she's kind of like one step ahead of Jordy here which is pretty impressive she also knows that Jordy is going to be gunning for her now that he's safe and in a position to take revenge on Sam for the Jesse blindside and the Jesse idol steal and Meanwhile, Jordy's pulling in the singles to target not Sam, but Mark, because I think he knows that Sam is expecting it, would see it coming, and Mark would expect it less and maybe be less likely to play an idol to protect himself or something, which is not a bad plan. Um, But his plan is to vote for Mark alongside Michelle, KJ, and Shay, and he just needs to get Dave on board to uh, finalize that plan. But we get this great scene with Dave and Chrissy, right? Is there as well? Yeah. And Dave <laughs> isn't convinced that tonight's the night to make a big move. Uh, Jordy and Michelle are there talking to him, asking what his plan is if another single gets picked off. They're like, kind of like, what are you doing next? And he doesn't really give them much to work with. He says he's got a plan. He's not going to share Some it. secret plan for next tribal. So, <laughs> I'm like, you ain't got no plan. Brilliant idea. <laughs> um, and so Jordy starts to panic. And in a last ditch effort to sway Dave, Jordy <sighs> reveals to him that Sam has the idol that she stole from Jesse. And it's like, this is a perfect example of Jordy. I think we even got a confessional in the, in that moment where he said, the thing is, Knowledge is power, and I'm the only one who knows about Sam's idol, and now I'm going to create chaos by literally telling every single person that she has it. I don't think that that's the right move. I think you could certainly use that information to your advantage, but to just literally go and tell everybody about it, it's not sort of a coordinated campaign. Uh, I think I think you would yeah. have to like plan out your pitch. It, it can't just be Sam has an idol. We have to get her out. You got to kind of like come up with the pitch. It almost would have been better to, I don't know, scare Sam into playing her idol, but actually target one of the cousins. Um, Josh mm-hmm. seems untouchable, but maybe they could have convinced somebody to vote Jordan now. I don't know what the answer was here, but whatever it was, it wasn't what Jordy did, unfortunately. 
It really wasn't. I mean, <sighs> there's so much like weird nuance to this idea where and, and I know I, I've said this so many times, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I feel like if somebody was coming up to me and saying he has Jesse's idol or she has Jesse's idol, I'd be like, OK, either this story is made up mm-hmm. or you just are not rational right now because you just want revenge. And so that's not really reason for me to do your work. This mm-hmm. is clearly you want me to follow your plan because you're pissed. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I would be like, well, where were you with trying to create a relationship with me when you all had the clue or when you even mm-hmm. had the idol in the first place? You're telling me this stuff that was actually secret knowledge that you've had and you never shared it until it benefited you. Yeah. Just this would not be the way for me to join Jordy at all. It just it would not. Uh, and I. I think it's just really sloppy misstep. And I will say, I like, I really am liking Jordy more and more every episode. Even if it's a little messy, I really am liking him. So it's not just me shitting on Jordy. It's really not that. I'm I'm actually growing quite fond of him and his drive in this game and how much he wants it. It's so clear he wants he's kind of like the Harry of this season. You know, a lot of blunders a lot of shit going not quite your way but you're trying your best to do anything you can to stay in so i really appreciate jordy um but i just don't think he is thinking clearly because he's so pissed yeah and this would not get me an alliance or any votes my way (laughs) yeah totally and there's a great shot here where jordy is talking to dave and chrissy and reveals the idol that sam has and Chrissy's face says it all. <laughs> Do you know the shot I'm talking about? Chrissy's just making this sort of surprised, almost disgusted face. <laughs> it's iconic. Always count on Chrissy for a great reaction shot. But Sam is definitely sensing that something might be up and no one quite knows where the truth lies. Like you said, I think a lot of people actually aren't believing Jordy. I think there's something to this idea that Sam said to Jesse on the way out that she said your brother's been telling Porky Pies because for whatever reason, people don't trust Jordy. And I, d- and I don't yeah. think that it's limited to this moment right before tribal as he's scrambling. It seems to be an issue that people have with him. And whether it's because... I like I don't quite get it because the reason that Josh and Jordan were kind of like targeting Jordy to begin with in the last episode was because he was running around sharing information. That information happened to be true and that was about Mark's idol. But But they questioned if it was true. So he must be giving um, off this vibe for a long time. Okay. They said, Can we trust that? Um yeah. uh, okay. which one said it? Not Josh. Jordan was like, can we trust that? Mm. He didn't believe that the idol was even a real thing. He just thought he was bullshitting. And I'm like, wow, you really, your social capital is very low in the trust department. Nobody yeah. believes you. And I feel that. I I personally really feel with that because I don't come off as very authentic sometimes. I'm so like my facial expressions and just the way I talk, I could be telling you the most true truth you've ever trued heard. <laughs> and it comes off as like, can I really trust you? Do I really believe what you're saying? And it's really kind of a shitty, it's kind of shitty when you're actually just telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear though, you're also a notorious liar. (laughs) Shut up. You lie to me about the most random shit. Constantly. (laughs) 
So I'm not surprised people have a problem trusting you when you're telling the truth. Shut up. I do not lie to you. I make jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Enough about enough about you. Let's go to tribal council. <laughs> Let's go to tribal council. Jordy says that there's nothing more dangerous than a man with nothing to lose. And he's making actually a pretty good case, in my opinion, for rallying the singles numbers to break up the couples. And he actually also kicks off a live tribal. I mean, he must have known by this point that he didn't have Dave and Chrissy locked because in this whole conversation about like, where are you going to lie? You know, is it is it worthwhile to stick with two couples if the loyalty factor is strong enough? And, you know, on the flip side, Jordy is saying, look, it's, it's going to be a final two or a final three or whatever it's going to be. But if you're there with a couple, you're diminishing your chances by one. So which is it going to be? I feel like there's two very good arguments being made here. And I think Jordy senses he doesn't have Dave and Chrissy. So he gets up and talks to them. And he's basically just telling him, look, we are voting for Mark. You can play whatever game you want to play, but this is the information. And if you want to make the move, it's yours for the taking. Now, this was interesting because when Jordy actually goes to vote and he does the Crystal Cox voting confessional, voting for Mark very loudly spelling out M A R K, mm-hmm. uh, signaling to everybody back in tribal council who he's actually writing down. I don't know what he's playing at. So, like on one side, he could be misdirecting, say, Sam and Mark to flush an idol, right? Like yeah. he could actually be writing down Sam's name or Josh's name or Jordan's name or something and pretending like he's voting for Mark, which would be quite clever if it was successful in flushing Mark's idol. But to actually loudly read out the name of the person you actually are voting for when you know they have an idol doesn't, make doesn't sense. really make sense to me. It, it just is so confusing. Um because the only play here, th- let me think of the, the numbers. There's 10 people left in the game, right? So there's a group of six against the four singles, Jordy, KJ, Shay, and Michelle. And so if they were able to somehow convince two of the six, so um, Juicy and Chrissy, to vote elsewhere, it doesn't matter who, Mark, sh- whoever, and the other four voted for um, whoever they're going to vote for, and the four singles vote for one of the cousins. Then we have a tie, and then we can actually make something happen. And because saying you're going to vote for Mark and him choosing to play his idol, it, I mean, it just it just was so sloppy. I just didn't understand it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm getting too deep in this thing, but I just don't. I don't see how this helps anybody by. If you were actually doing an argument well enough to convince Chrissy and Dave, it would be very apparent that they're questioning what to do. And it would send a very clear red flag because your gameplay is so high or your reasoning is so good that Mark should just play his idol. Mm -hmm. So then this is just a flop. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also like this kind of a move it's just so chaotic and unpredictable that it's like 
who wants to work with Jordy after this? I mean, I mean, maybe there is a situation in which you go, okay, this person is so unpredictable, maybe becoming uh, unliked in the game, not saying unliked as a person, but unliked in the game that he's useful to keep around because people will want to vote him out at any point or potentially mm-hmm. even useful to bring to the end. I don't know. Um, but it just isn't the kind of a move that I think would sway somebody like Juicy or like Chrissy who seem to value stability and mm-hmm. predictability and loyalty. Uh, I just, I don't think that it was ever really going to work on anybody. And the really interesting thing with this vote is actually that the only person who votes with Jordy is Shay. Everybody else votes for Shay, except for Josh, who votes for KJ, for God knows what reason. so it's interesting that like for all of jordy's campaigning and all the talk which was very sensible about rallying the numbers of the singles it just did not pay off in any way for him yeah it's shocking really i'm surprised that that he couldn't pull more people in with that with that line of reasoning And, and in some ways i think that like some of the sentiment i've seen online is that we're not getting a lot of hard gameplay this season from the cast, broadly speaking. I think we're getting some mm-hmm. incredible gameplay from Sam, um, some interesting, though reserved stuff from Mark, some fun, chaotic stuff from Jesse and Jordy. But other than that, there's a lot of playing it safe, right? And yeah. a lot of like this whole conversation of Josh and Jordan and the power that they have in that alliance and that huge majority alliance, which has now shifted a little bit from the committee to whatever this majority is. Now, I think in a typical season, they would have been long gone, right? Yeah. So, I, and maybe it's like the blood versus water element where kind of like, in a lot of scenarios, not all, but in a lot of scenarios, you've got one person who's kind of like a pretty big fan of Survivor and they're just pulling along a loved one who kind of knows the show. And so maybe that's affected the level of gameplay. I don't know, but there is, it's tricky because I can see the reasoning for why everyone's doing what they're doing, but it's a kind of style of a game that we haven't seen in a while. I don't think we typically see Josh and Jordan and Mark and I mean, not Juicy, but like uh, Jordy only just became unsafe recently. But this like like we talked about for so many weeks, this strong male dominated alpha male majority alliance just kind of like coasting uh, up until this week where it's starting to get the boat is starting to be rocked a little bit. We don't typically see that. Well, I think what's really hard here, there are two main things. We're getting boring gameplay because at first people don't want to make any kind of move that will jeopardize their loved one getting caught in the crossfire. And, Mm. you know, like, oh, I did this thing. Now they're going to come for my loved one. And then on top of that, every person that we have left, with the exception of Jordy, is the loved one that didn't. I actually no, I take it back. Jordy and KJ. Um, are the two fans everybody else like michelle didn't care about survivor mel did brie cared about survivor not juicy chrissy did not care about survivor it was croc uh shay went with ben because ben wanted to play so we're getting all these people that are just like eh 
<laughs> we don't really care about Survivor. And they're the ones left. So, of course, they're not going to be, like, making these game-changing moves because they were just relying on their loved one to help them guide the way. <laughs> and so yeah. it's really odd. Yeah. And I think it's not to say that they don't care about Survivor because I'm sure once you're there, you very much care about it because it's your daily oh, life. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of money at the end of the at the end of the road. But it's like, I don't know that they have the knowledge uh, to build upon the path. I mean, like it typically was, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. see, uh, you know, it's like Rob Sesternino calls it like the, the evolution of strategy, right? It's not the um, it's not the building upon previous learnings of the game, which is in a lot of ways why Sam is excelling so incredibly well, because yes. that is exactly what she's doing. She's taking the game as it has existed and then adding to it, adding something new to it. And that can be incredibly powerful, especially when you're playing with people who, who don't have the familiarity with, with the past and the way that the yeah. game has been played and all of the various avenues you can take to get to the end. Yeah. And that's not to put and that's not to put anything down on like Sam's gameplay. It's not to say that Sam has an easy game to play. It's clearly not easy. Uh, and she's in yeah. a, a very tricky situation now. I mean, we didn't even mention I think it makes it shit. harder. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. I think it makes it harder because now she looks like this absolute beast in the yeah. game. And they're like, oh, look at how hard she's playing. When in reality, she's playing the way everybody should be playing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we didn't even mention, uh, of course, that Shay got. The majority of votes was yeah. had her torch snuffed, but was not sent home. We have a little twist here that she is going to purgatory. <laughs> As you mentioned, uh, there was that scene in the immunity challenge where JLP said to Jordy, you feel like you ha- you're in heaven or you're in hell or you're in purgatory. And he said, I'm in purgatory. And that was like quite clever because I feel like mm-hmm. there was a pretty good chance that of course, if he hadn't won immunity, that Jordy actually would have gone to purgatory. And that would have been like a cute little thing. I feel like this kind of a twist, like uh, last year when uh, Haley and what was his name? Was that Baden, I think, went to Redemption Rock and they competed. Baden? Not the Baden from four, the Baden from six. Oh, so. I was like, skitty Baden? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not that baby. Went to Redemption Rock and, you know, competed to get back in the game. Clearly, that's what we have here. So I would expect that at least the next person to be voted out is going to join Shay. And then they'll have some kind of a competition to re-enter the game. It's interesting because it's like, it's similar timing, I think, to when they did it last year, but I don't know that they had started collecting the jury. We talked about this a little bit offline yeah. that it's going to become immediate, immediately apparent when they walk into the next tribal, right, that Shay is not on the jury yet. Yeah, I, I'm curious if they're going to do a similar thing of you're voting right now, there's no discussion when they see Shay. Yeah. So they can't change their or see that Shay is missing um, because I, I can't. I don't really understand the timing. Um, I think this is where I have one of my moments of being frustrated. Now, let's let's say that um, Sam and Mark couldn't get it together. And one of them was voted out. Now, we all know I am a, a stan of those two. I love, love, love them. But I am frustrated with the twist that is making it so such an epic voting out means nothing 
if uh-huh. now they're just safe. It's like the timing's weird of like, oh, no, uh-huh. don't worry. We'll we'll make sure they stay in the game. I it's don't like that. It's definitely sus. Yeah. Yes. And then on the flip side of that, let's say, because nobody thought Jordy was going to win that immunity, that specific immunity because uh-huh. of his size. Now it's like, oh, Mark and Sam scrape by. They get Jordy out. JK, he's still in the game. Now yeah. we can continue this like... I just don't like the timing. I, I really don't like it. Don't. <laughs> Even if I it know. makes for good TV, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like, uh, I'm, it's, I feel hip, like a hypocrite because I just don't love a twist where someone's voted out, but then just kidding, they're not voted out. Do you know what I mean? I've, ne- I've never loved the Redemption Island twist. Uh, it's not, I, I think I am not alone in that. I think it's a, <laughs> commonly seen as the, the worst uh, format of the game. And while I have come to be used to this in Australian Survivor, I still don't love it. Having said that, in last year's Brains versus Brawn, it truly saved the season for me because I needed Haley to come back. And it was fascinating to watch because she did come back and just played a slightly different game that, uh, you know, I I don't like, whatever. (laughs) Try not to spoil it here, but. um, Can you remind me of something from when that happened to her? Was her torch snuffed? I believe so. Okay, so I'm thinking about. Now, in American Survivor, they get their torch snuffed and then some weird twist like um, the Edge of Extinction's introduced, like whatever. That's that's pretty normal. But Australian Survivor, I, I, I like consistency. And what's tough here is I'm thinking of Annalise and Tara. Was uh-huh. it Annalise? They're, sorry, Annalise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they both, their torches were not snuffed because they were not out of the game and they went to that you know yeah but it was announced whatever. in the moment yes but still, no last like, year it was I, not announced in the moment it was it was just like this where uh Haley and baden each walked down as they were voted out walked down and got mm-hmm. the sign as well that was like you can go this way i think the same also happened with uh the empath Kara. actually you know what i'm answering my own question because technically she is out of the game she is not in the game like Tara and Annalise. So yeah. never mind. Yeah. My own argument does not is not valid. Um, well, she's not out of the game. She's in purgatory. <laughs> yeah, she's in the in-between. Yeah. But she's still not officially in the game. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I will say. I hear you, though. You know, I hear goes, you. It's, it's deceptive. It's very deceptive on the part of production. Yeah. Now, this does go back to what I was saying about the way they advertise this show. I was in, I was literally, I swear, in the middle of texting you saying, ugh, boring episode because Shay left and that was a bummer and just like seemed like a waste. No big player taken out. Shay's great, but I was just like, oh, I didn't think it was a waste at all. I actually totally disagree. I think it was a great move. I was like, eh, (laughs) whatever. We don't have to get it. I was just like, I was just on the fence about this episode. And then Purgatory happened and I was like, (gasps) oh, Oh my god, it caught me so off guard. Now, I want that kind of reaction to a twist. That's how I want as a viewer to be really shocked by something happen happening. Mm-hmm. And I wish like it would have just had a different thing if they were like the biggest twist is introduced, then we would know something's coming and it would just like be anticlimactic. True. But the fact that they didn't mention it in the production at 
all. Yeah. Love, 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 love. Yeah. And Shay's hair looked amazing. Does she wash it? How is her hair so beautiful? <laughs> it is beautiful. Yeah, she always <laughs> looks great. Shay's incredible. Uh, but I will say, uh, to that point, it's like, obviously, we knew there, there was just like, absolutely inundated with marketing around Sam's devious move, the most devious move in Survivor history. Watching that episode, I'm repeating myself because we've said this already, but watching that episode, it was like, I knew that Jesse was going home as soon as Jordy won immunity because I thought, well, okay, it's like obvious what's not going to happen uh, because if there's the most devious move in Survivor history, it's very clear that Sam is going to be voting out her number two ally in the game. Of course, yeah. I didn't necessarily see the idol steal coming, but as soon as it's happening, I mean, you, you just see everything, how it's going to play out, and it would be so much more satisfying to see that blind, um, so to speak, from the marketing. So, yeah, that's a con- continued complaint. But yeah, Shay lives to slay another day. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, we will see who joins her. I like I, it. Gives, it gives me a little comfort to know that should <laughs> should Sam get voted out, she could remain in the game. But I think it's more likely to be Shay. Jordy, honestly, yeah, it would be interesting be to see Shay and Jordy like uh, showdown again because they both that would be gave fun. so much in that challenge. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Or maybe yep. if they realize that Shay is not in the game and that she's elsewhere at Redemption or Purgatory, whatever they're calling it whether they switch their votes to somebody who can go against her Mm -hmm. or that she could win against. I would like hard to say which way they'd want to go. Right. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Could be like an Aussie situation when Aussie offered to go to redemption to get somebody out. And he did. Ah, right. Anyways, I want to know your winner pick. Your new one. Yes, because we talked last week about how we were going to make new winner picks and we never did it. Uh, I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> it's Sam. Sam is the winner. I've been saying since week two that Sam is the clear winner. I have also said that Survivor, Australian Survivor, typically doesn't hide their winner with the edit, in my opinion, it's usually you can see it coming from some angle or another. And so I think there's actually very limited numbers of people who could win. I think Sam could win. I think Mark could win, though I'd be a little bit more surprised based on the edit. I think Jordy could win. I think the mm-hmm. I think Sam's biggest competition is Jordy, if I'm looking at the edit. And I think Although I don't think he's in a good position right now, he could be just slippery enough to get to the end and make a good case. I mean, we saw Jordy and Jesse in that uh, one of those first merge challenges for the money talk about um, how much they need and want the money um, just from that uh, reward challenge alone, right? That 60,000 cash for life money, whatever it was. And I think like that gave me a little bit of a glimpse into the way they might play final tribal. Um, although I don't think that they could necessarily win based on need solely. I think Jory's played a pretty good game. And if he's continuing to struggle from the bottom and manages to get there, what a story. So yeah. uh, those are my options, but I'm going to go with Sam because it would be iconic if she won. Oh yeah. 
I mean, who I want to win is Sam, but I kind of, oh God, I feel like it's either Jordy or KJ. I don't know why, but I think Mm. KJ could totally take it. I really do. I think she's actually in a pretty good spot. Um, I think she's, for the most part, under the radar. She seems to be having good enough relationships that people are approaching her. And she's, I I don't know. I actually think she's in a pretty decent spot. Does she have the best edit in the world? No. But she could get there. Anything could shift. Uh it just seems like too much of a dream come true for Sam to win. Yeah. I it's just like I want it so I know, bad. but I felt that way about last year too. Uh. <laughs> I did. I really did. I thought it will never happen. I Survivor has conditioned me to not have the winner that I want win. And I mean when it happened, I jumped out of my seat. I literally jumped out of my seat. So I'm like very hopeful that it can happen again. Uh, I don't know. Hard to say. And I think like also a Chrissy win would be very iconic. I don't see it happening, but Chrissy has had quite a story. And I don't think that they've leaned into the story as much as they could with the edit, but her growth and her personal growth and her growth in the game have been exponential. And I think that it's an interesting story to tell. But I'm not sure that she's going to be able to know when or how to play hard enough as we get to the end of the game. As they call it on Australian Survivor, the pointy end of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Which is my favorite Australian Survivor term. She could win this if she can learn how to cut somebody when she needs to. Yeah. And I don't know if she will have the growth enough to do it this quickly, but... She has all the makings of a winner. Yeah. If she can just know to separate her love for her um, co-castaways, her fellow yeah. castaways. But we haven't seen that yet. You know, she couldn't turn on the kid. She couldn't turn on Sam. She couldn't do like the better move for her game necessarily so far. And I guess we'll see. Well, she did turn on the kid in the last like when he when he went right which i was kind of surprised about it was just so late she had an opportunity to like yeah. stick with her loved one yeah I know. <laughs> and chose not to i know i know but it's growth it's growth baby steps growth. the other the only other thing that i could see is that if shay came back from purgatory maybe she could really bounce back in the game. And I think that Shay actually had like a pretty strong showing pre-merge. And then we kind of lost her a little bit, but it could have even been on purpose. I know we've seen that happen with other winners in the past where they sort of like fade into mm-hmm. the, start strong, fade into the background, come back. Um, I could see that from Shay. Like that's the only other person that I really think has a strong potential winner edit p- uh, option. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. I'd be And it would content. be, I think, a, sa- a somewhat of a satisfying winner, too. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a real underdog story. If Juicy wins, I will riot. <laughs> 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 I love him, but no, absolutely not. That is a hard no. Did Juicy make the right decision in not voting Mark or like getting getting more on board with uh, Jordy in that last vote? 
No, he should have gone with Jordy and then cut Jordy shortly after and stuck with um, Michelle, KJ, and Shay because they could have been really tight. And Chrissy's on the outs enough that they could develop something really good. Um, I, I think he actually should have turned. I think Jordy is the wrong one to join forces with. Mm-hmm. But if it's temporary, yeah. Because um, as of right now, Juicy is always on the outs. He's always been on the outs. He's never been really part of the team until today. He was officially part of the six. And that's the first time. And it's only because of the numbers game element. Yeah. Up until they like up until there were only six of them left. It was always six plus Juicy. Or six plus Chrissy. Yeah. And so I actually think he made a bad call for his game. Yeah, I sort of agree. And I think also, uh, it's hard to say. Uh, Jordy's so chaotic. But I, I remember thinking, <laughs> watching the tribal, that, you know, Dave and Chrissy probably should flip. I definitely had that thought. And I didn't know whether Chrissy could recognize that because of her relationship to Sam and Mark. Whatever the relationship is to Mark, I don't know. But, you know, presumably Chrissy has a relationship with Jordy because they started on the original Red Tribe, no, Blue Tribe together. They were on the original Water Tribe together. So you would think that there might be something there or maybe there's something there that prevents her from wanting to work with him. I don't think that we know enough, but I was just kind of surprised that she didn't, with all of the information she had, look at this and say, you know what, maybe it actually would be better to play my game. Croc's gone. I am a single and I could get together with these other singles and actually take, take out a very powerful player right now. Yeah. Not that I want Mark gone, but it would have been an interesting move. Maybe I think there's a difference between like what we want and just like being able to identify like the path forward. And yeah. Yeah. Tricky. Well, I can't wait to see what next week brings us. I hope we we should get somebody going to Purgatory and then somebody coming back from Purgatory. I hope, if we're only sending two. So it's going to be an eventful week. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast. Hey, Wednesday is the premiere of Survivor 42. The era of Survivor 41 is coming to a close. No! <laughs> no, I'm going to wear my buff all week. The sun's going <laughs> Don't down. Don't forget about me, Argentina. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so we will be back. We being myself and Evan Ross Katz, uh, my fearless co-host, co-pilot on uh, Drop Your Buffs, will be back with a recap on Thursday or Friday, I don't know, of the first episode of Survivor 42. But then, of course, Ricard and I will be back shortly after that with our recap of week seven of Australian Survivor. Please pray for me. And (laughs) watch, I'm going to send you a voice memo (laughs) (laughs) to make sure you don't miss any of it. Make sure it shows up in your podcast feed. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. Tell your friends about it if you liked it. And don't forget, you can drop us a voice memo on uh, anything Mm -hmm. that is happening on Australian Survivor. And we will try to address it on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.